0: If you are a woman, a person who is like, I want to create a life for myself that is creative, that doesn't have any rules, that doesn't have any blueprint, and I find it challenging, this is going to be the episode for you. Hey y'all, it's Diamond here, your host of the Creative Women Wanted podcast, the podcast, the community, the safe space for creative black women in television, whether scripted or unscripted, to share their stories and to discover new stories. I am very hyped and pumped about today's interview with my friend, genuinely my friend, my sister, Nakia Stevens. She was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. She's an award-winning screenwriter and independent filmmaker. And she's been influenced by Black culture and Southern flair, coupled with the fact that she's had opportunities to write creatively in places like Shanghai, Beijing, and Ghana. Nakia has had over 25 of her screenplays, all amplifying marginalized groups, but especially Black women and girls, produced to screen, including her most notable projects Sugar Water, Cream and Coffee, Noise, and Novella. My Girl has been featured and recognized for her work by festivals and platforms such as Forbes, Deadline, NAACP Image Awards, Blavity, ABFF, The Tom Joyner Morning Show, Black Girls Rock. My girl has a deal and deals with Revolt TV. She's had a deal with Black and Sexy TV, Fox Soul, BT and Aspire TV, just to name a few. And she has, she has so much coming up that I'm not even able yet to share, but she's brilliant. And she has really created and designed a life that is based around her creativity. And that is not easy to do. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to commit to. And sis is committed. And so if you are a creative if you are a woman a person who is like i want to create a life for myself that is creative that doesn't have any rules that doesn't have any blueprint and i find it challenging this is going to be the episode for you currently Nakia is based in los angeles where she could be found binge watching her favorite shows building community with local creatives and developing fresh new narratives with her screenwriting label damn right originals sis is an entrepreneur too, okay? Nakia believes in the alchemy of storytelling and always creates art with purpose greater than herself. And I am just really excited to bring to you this interview. It's full of gems. I almost cried at some point because I'm just really inspired and encouraged by the way in which Nakia lives her life. Nakia! Yes! I'm so happy to have you and to have this conversation. We're about to have. Yeah, um, it's it's a conversation that like I feel like we we have, but not in this way. I, you okay. know, um, for the people that don't know, I've yes. interviewed Nakia, screenwriter, creator, founder, executive. I've interviewed her many times, but we haven't talked about these things that we're going to talk about today for real. So I, I'm really excited to get into it. Um. My goal for today is to really give the audience like an insight into what it takes to create and design your own career as a creative, as a creator.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I feel like you are a person that really takes control of their destiny and you've done it really well. And so I really want to get into like the how and your Mm -hmm. mind, all the things. Okay. All right. So. Before you created your first short film, like, what was your career intention as a screenwriter? Like, what did you want for yourself?
2: Um, oh, man. I think when I first set, off, set out to be a screenwriter, like, I didn't know what that would take. I knew, like you know, okay, here's Shonda Rhimes, here's Mara Brock Like that's literally the extent of what I knew, but I didn't know how to get there, but at least I knew it was possible, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I know I need to get to LA some kind of way, you know? Mm -hmm. So after I graduated college, um, and this is fresh from, so my last year of college, I was in Ghana for like six months, right? So I did some screenwriting classes there and I'm like, okay, this is definitely what I want to do. Like no doubt about it. So after that, I came back to the States and I walked across the stage probably like three, three days later. And then after that, I was like, okay, I had already got accepted into this program called City Year and they had it out in LA. So of course, like I love the kids. I love giving back. But my master plan was to get out to LA. So I got out to LA and um, I was working at that nonprofit, but I was also like at night, like going to audit like classes at the New York Film Academy campus out mm-hmm. here. And like, I was just like trying to see and scope out the scene, like see what the people who were doing it, like how they were doing it. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Once my city year was up, because you do a year, well, 10 months of city year. I was like, I'm going to go back to Atlanta and I'm going to build a name for myself because I felt like, you know, these people um, are not going to respect me. The people that I, I want to be my peers, the people who I want to work with, they won't respect me. Um, if I don't do anything. And you know, so I was like, okay, cool. So while I was there, I was writing Muse, which is my first film. Um, and, and this what
0: year is this, by the way? I want to give people some context. Yeah,
2: some years. Okay, so this was I was in LA the first time in 2013 through 2014. So it went through that year. Um, and during that whole time, like like I said, I'm in LA. I'm working at the nonprofit. I'm taking like some night auditing classes, just like jumping around stuff that was free.
0: Um, <laughs> That's the and- right there. So you wasn't spending no money. Like you was just. Betrayed. I didn't have
2: none to spend. I would have, but I did not have none to spend. I was not getting paid that much. I was getting paid enough to like um li- like pay my rent. I didn't right. have enough to kiki. Um, and do the things, you know, which is kind of a good thing because I was like, yeah, I'm about to be in the house writing this script. So um, I was writing Muse and I was I was actually writing Muse in Life Under Construction. My first uh, oh, web- time. First time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, anyway, so I was like, OK, I know that when I get back to I'm going to move back to Atlanta instead of staying here in L.A. because my tribe is in Atlanta. People who like, know me are in Atlanta. People who I know can help me are in Atlanta. So I moved back to Atlanta and I you know, filmed Muse um well everything is a strategy i moved back to atlanta and i took a job a random ass job i was like and that was probably the first job i I mean not the first job but the first job out of college that i had and last because i was like done with the afterwards i kind of finessed it i was doing like insulation i don't even know like i was a rep for insulation it was this canadian company whatever job but they allowed they gave me a company car and i could work hmm. from home. So in my brain, I'm like, yes, this is perfect. And they was pay- they were paying me a salary that I had never heard of before. I'm like twenty something. Like I'm like what? Like <laughs> fifty thousand dollars a year was so much. To me. that's amazing. Like what? <laughs> I have a lot of bills and responsibilities, so that was a lot. Um. Anyway, I knew that I was just going to stay there for a couple paychecks so I could make my film. Um, which is what I did. Um, so yeah. So I just. So basically, my goal was to just get to LA, see how it's done, get back to Atlanta, build a name for myself, and I thought, like, from there, it'll things will fall in place.
0: Okay. See, and I, I if you're listening, like, I really want you all to take notes because, like Nikia said, it's very strategic, and it's it's clear that you've been very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to like just keep sharing those your intentions throughout this. Yeah, so. Yeah. You perfil- you premiered the film to a sold out crowd. Crazy numbers. Tell us about that and then after like what were you thinking about your next move?
2: Um so that was an accident, a happy accident when <laughs> I premiered to like this this large crowd. Um I had you know just finished the film and now I'm like okay, now people need to see it. I mean, I want an in-person experience. I want to see, you know, I want to see the faces of the people watching. I want to hear the laughs, all the things. So I'm trying to figure out how to get this on screen. So I call around. I get the Plaza Theater um, and, and like, I'm getting the information. How much is it going to cost? Cool. I still got this random-ass insulation job. I'm like, (laughs) I can, I okay, so I'll stay here a little longer for that paycheck. So I use that paycheck to, you know, rent out the theater. I try to do something small. They have, like, they have maybe, like, or three or four—I don't know. I haven't been there in so long. Three or four theaters um, upstairs were the smaller ones, so I was like, "I'll just get a small one, one hundred, about one one twenty-five, I think, seats." Um, I should be able to do that, you know, in my brain. So we do—we sell out one twenty-five seats. I'm excited. I'm like, oh my oh, god, I sell out! I get a call from the theater, and they're like. Hey, we have good news and bad news. And I'm like, oh my God, no, please don't tell me I can't have it anymore. I sold all you know all these tickets. And so they say, um, well, the bad news is that, you know, upstairs, our upstairs theaters are having a malfunction with the projectors, so you can't screen up there. The good news is that we can give you the bigger theater downstairs, no charge. And so at first I'm excited. I'm like, oh yeah, great. And then they're like, yeah, it's 300, 333 seats. So that's a big, you know, that's good. And Crazy. In my mind, I immediately start freaking out. I mean, I don't tell the lady. I'm like, yeah, okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hang up and I'm like, it was so much to sell 125 <laughs> tickets. I'm like, how am I going to get, sell more to reach the 3, 333 seats that I need to fill? Cause it's going to be empty. So I get back online. I'm like, you know, I had to make it seem like it's a thing. Hey, you guys, the theater gave us a bigger theater. <laughs> you finessed it. it. I finessed it. And I was so, I was scared. I was like, I can't have this place be empty. It's going to look crazy in my pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you was thinking hard. You was thinking about this, okay? I was
2: thinking, I was thinking my wheels were turning. But um, I sold out, again, the second time, filled up a theater 333 seats. Um, On so your probably,
0: first short film. Your first, film. first one. Mm-hmm. Very that, That's wild.
2: Yeah, that is crazy. I'm like, y'all are crazy. I have never seen me make anything
0: and y'all showed up.
2: <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know you. Like, you didn't know me. It was so many we met. First time there, that is where we met. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that experience. It was a big deal for me and it made me, I think after that, I always say the same thing. I graduated from being a dreamer to a doer um, on the stage because I just felt the energy from everyone um, and I was just so excited to, to get better and to do more and more and more. And so after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, it sparked it for me for sure.
0: Did you have a plan for yourself? Were you like, okay, all right, so that's done. Like you said, you were just, you started to say like, these are the things I'm going to do. Was there like a one year, two year, three year plan?
2: Girl, I was supposed. So, original plan was to go to uh, go to Atlanta, film my feature film, and then go back to LA. Um, oh, I didn't know that. yeah, that was the original plan. But then I was like, ah, I should do more. I should do okay. Let me do a web series and let me do a short film. Then I can have all different formats. Then I'm gonna go back to LA <laughs> once are okay. done. So that was my plan. I just felt like I needed to have this like roster of films or, or projects that I have done. So I can like show that I can do this. You know what I mean? The goal was to be in a writer's room. Like that was always the thing. Um, but I know I needed to like show that I could do something or I felt like I needed to show. Right. It. You know, I'm, I'm always saying there's no one blueprint to where I want to be. So I'm like, well, I want to at least be prepared to have something to show for myself, you know, some sort of portfolio, if you will.
0: So is that when? So you you mentioned you were writing a uh, life under construction. So that's a web series. So that's episodic. Mm-hmm. How was that? Because you cause, and and I'm curious. Can you can you take us from life under construction, the story about that, to then cream and coffee?
2: Yeah, uh, life under construction. I was writing that like I said, the same time as Muse. Um, when we were filming Muse, um, actually, when we wrapped Muse and when Muse was in post, I was already, you know, get, trying to get actors for Life Under Construction. If you go back through some pictures of mine, you'll find the, the cast of Life Under Construction at my Muse premiere. Like that was already. And I forgot about that. I was like, why were they there? Was I already doing this? I I was already moving on to the next project. Right. I had forgot all about that. Right. So um, and that was so fun to do because that was my very first web series and TV is what I really wanted to do. So that's like the closest thing to TV, You'd like doing right. the stories and writing all those episodes and intertwining those stories. Um, and so it was very fun um, because I was working with people who really believed in it. I was working with, you know, Juwanza, um you know, Danesia let us use her house. She was, like, helping us get stuff together. Um, it was just, like, so many different people I was working with. And um, I think the lesson I learned with life under Construction is that uh, it's so much work. Like, a series and a short film, a series and a short film, or a series and a feature film, whatever, are different. Like, there's so yeah. many moving parts. And it's just like so many different locations and all of those things. And I realized, like, I don't have the team for I don't have the team, you know, for this yet. Um, Were you
0: doing it by yourself? Were you producing as well?
2: Um, I had Denasia on board. I feel like Denasia was our producer. I can't. I literally can't remember. I was definitely producing too, but she was definitely helping. But that's like in my brain. I that's the only person I could remember who was like really, like, helping me grab these things and do okay. this, do this too. Um. So I feel like um. That went, it went well, but like people, it was hard to manage all the moving parts and, and especially actors and their emotions. Lord have mercy. Actors are interesting. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So I think we, we were only able to complete three episodes.
0: Were you Um, proud of that though? Like, even though.
2: I do feel proud of it. I feel proud. Um, but I think I I became depressed after that. I was a okay. bit because I'm I'm never one who likes to leave a story untold. Like I like to finish out. I had written all the episodes. You know what I mean? And, and to not be able to to put out the episodes, not be able to shoot was crazy. And and mind you, I remember we put out um, the first. We did it twice. I don't know if everybody. I didn't, I didn't know that. Did twice. What? Twice. We put out the pilot. I was not happy. Who, the The people I was working with, they were so bless them. They were so sweet, but it was not the quality that I wanted, right? And I was not happy. I pulled it. I said, "I don't want to do this. I don't
0: want to put this out
2: anymore." I'm not. I'm You're not
0: that's hard too. After you've already done the work, I
2: already did the work, already put it out. We pulled it immediately. I said, "I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't. I can't pretend like I'm. I'm happy with this." And you know, I remember Jawanza, who was one of the actors. He was helping very much, you know, make it happen. He was like, okay, we could do it again. Let's let's reshoot it. I know somebody at Clark Atlanta, you know, we're gonna, you know, get it together. So we redid it, rebranded it. Like literally, it was a whole thing. And then we put it out. And obviously the quality still wasn't amazing, but it was better than the first okay. time. And I was yeah. much more happy with that. As like a new, a new filmmaker, I was very I was happy with right. what I what it, like do. The second time around. So it was already so hard. And then to not finish, I was like super depressed because I'm like, I'm a finisher. I'm a person who does something and I finish. And so I'm like, what the hell? And so I'm like, okay. Um, and I, I think I just I needed a moment. And in my depression, I wrote Sugar Water.
1: And mm. I was like, let
2: me just write a short film, something that I can finish, you know, and I can shoot it and it and be done. And I really care about it. And so I wrote you know, Sugar Water. And then that happened. And then I think Cream of Coffee was after Sugar
0: Water. I really think so. (laughs) It's so interesting that it was like a, let me just write something that I can finish. And you end up in, you know, you end up in all the film festivals. You end up meeting Priya. Like you end up giving so many young people an opportunity, their first opportunity and people in general, an opportunity behind the scenes and in front of the scenes how does that prepare you for cream and coffee?
2: Um, it gave me the, I needed my, I needed a confidence boost, honestly. Like I needed to remind myself like, no, you can do this. This is, this is fine. This was just a hiccup because you weren't prepared. You didn't know that it would take as much as it it took um, to do a web series. So like now let's do something that you really love. Let's practice, you know, practice success on this. Um, let's like put your energy into it and finish it and that'll remind you who you are like you are a person who finishes things
0: wow. um
2: and so it was very it was very um
0: this is good can yeah. I speak to that really quickly yeah. because I think so much of creating can sometimes feel like okay you know if I don't do this if I do this is it gonna go somewhere is it gonna land somewhere is it going You know, are people gonna like it but really, sometimes it's about what is it going to do for me? Like, how is it going to evolve me and make me better? And I, I think that's really beautiful what you said.
2: Yeah, it was it was something for myself, something I needed to do um, to remind me that I really wanted to do this and that I can do it and I can manage it. And I just need to take my time and still just work on, you know, just work on the skills so that I can manage something bigger. Um,
0: you did that. You literally went on and managed, created, wrote filmed finished cream and coffee
2: yes yeah that was that was that and i did it you're right so that gave me the confidence i needed to go on move on and then i tried it again i'm scared like okay i'm gonna try this again (laughs) a new series a new brand new series we're gonna you know start from scratch we're gonna learn from you know the mistakes of the first web series gonna you know apply what you learned and, like, go from there, and I was able to finish a full season, um, and so that felt really good, and, um, I think the, the thing I learned from cream, and then, I mean, cream and coffee, won. like, you know, people really loved cream and coffee, and mind you, people really loved life under construction, too, so that's, that's really what, uh, why I was so depressed, because I couldn't finish it, and, you yeah. know, if people are gonna be like, where is this, where is that, people gonna ask you, and you don't have, you don't have to have the, Energy to explain all the parts. So I was just like ignoring. Like, uh, like, let me do something else. So that that's also why I did sugar water too. Let me do something else so they can forget about this thing. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. y'all sending me into a deeper depression, keep asking me, leave me alone. <laughs> I just didn't have the words to be vulnerable about like how difficult it was. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, doing creamy coffee and finishing that was like amazing. But then it was time for season two and we shot season two and it, it just, then I started running, to, I started running into like capital, like the problem with capital. Cause even for cream and coffee, one of the lessons I learned from life under construction is that I needed some money. I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to do really? this. Really? I was like, I'm just doing web series. I ain't got no money. <laughs> I had already quit the other job that I was finessing for my first film. I should have okay. stayed <laughs> so that I could <laughs> do all figuring, figuring it all. out. Um yeah, but I was doing hair in my grandmother's uh living room, um, full locks on my feet 12 hours a day.
0: Who um years is this, by the way, because we've we, we were in twenty we were in twenty fourteen when we started this conversation. Yeah. Now where are we?
2: So we were in twenty fourteen when I came back to film news. Um and I was and I had my little job that I was finessing. Um I think news came out
0: in did it come out in twenty fourteen? I feel like that's when we I, met because I, I, I yeah.
2: 14 if I'm not mistaken and then um I quit that job you know at the top of I think I I I stayed with that job for a little bit of filming life under construction and then I left and then um and then so that had to be like 2015 by this time and I'm writing cream and coffee and we do our like Indiegogo and I'm like doing hair you know to save up for cream and coffee I'm like People know it's probably people in Atlanta that were like, "That girl did my hair." Like I was, (laughs) I was booked and busy and still writing, still doing all the things. So um, this is probably 2015 by this time when I'm when we're crowdfunding for cream coffee. Yeah,
0: I feel like this is all really speaking to the power of intention. Like you was like, okay, this is my intention, and anything I need to do that's, of course, like within the realm in which you want to do it. You're gonna do it in order yeah. to get to where you were trying to go. Yeah. So I want to skip to the year of short films. Yeah. Especially as it relates to capital and doing something of that magnitude. Like, what was the approach to that? And were you nervous at all about like trying to get this done once you made the commitment?
2: Um, I was excited. I I, I wasn't really nervous. I was more so excited. Um, and then something similar to, uh, like what I said about like life under construction when we weren't able to finish it, I was like, okay, let me do something else so people can be wooed and forget about that. So again, you know, that went great. uh, Sugar water was great. You know, we did our film festivals and then we did cream and coffee. That was great. People loved cream and coffee. We won the Bronx film festival. We were in so many other film festivals. Um, and so season 2 we released our trailer which was a bomb trailer. I still love that trailer. Too.
0: Very bomb trailer. Love the trailer. It was great for some like newbies. Like I didn't even, you know, I was still When you say like the idea of a season 2 is very exciting. Like as a episodic creator myself, like seasons is like, oh my god, yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. So to complete one season was great and then to be this close to moving on to season 2 but then something happened. We had gotten a deal, something happened with the deal, uh, something at BET Child, they they was rearranging uh execs, and so the person who we were in contact with, who we were almost at the finish line, was no longer working there. It was crazy, and so once again, I'm depressed. I'm like, I'm gonna do my season two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to move on to something different, I need to create something more, I need to stick to something I can do and finish. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought about okay. Sugar water. I was able to do it, finish it. I'm like, okay, and that was a short film. What if I do the same thing, keep it super short, which is why I called it super shorts, and do these super shorts and finish them because it doesn't, re- you know, it doesn't require expectation of something continuing. Because I just, I had to, I had to literally look in the mirror and be like, girl, you don't have the money. You don't have the money to do all the things you mm. want to do. Mm. So, like, well, let's like get that through our head. It's okay cool let's do like small bites of things that you really enjoy um and get those things done so that's that's kind of like the thought process that I had and I just really wanted to show that I was like very versatile like I wanted to do different things like I could do love I could do comedy I could do a fucking zombie film like I could do all the things um so that's that was my thought
0: yeah so the intention wasn't like to end up at Aspire, like to get a deal with to get a deal with anybody, but that ended up happening. Like, to be very honest, I had never heard of Aspire.
2: I had never heard of Aspire. Um, I had no in game. I just wanted to have a portfolio of work so that I could be prepared for whatever opportunities came my way. So I can say, I did this thing already. Oh yeah, I've done something like that before. Oh yeah, I've done romance. Oh yeah, I've done, like, I wanted to always be prepared and I've never wanted to be waiting for other people to give me opportunities. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, I'm going to have to, sometimes you do have to wait, but like, I'm not going to just be waiting. I'm going right, to- like
0: In the meantime. In right. the
2: meantime, I'm going to do me. I'm going I'm to create some stuff that I'm proud of. I'm going to build my community of like filmmaking tribe you know, my filmmaker tribe who like helped to make these things happen. And so that was my intention. I didn't know where this would go. I didn't know it'd be licensed. I didn't know I would get a development. I didn't know any of that. Right.
0: And years later, still and years
2: later, there's still being, people still ask about them. I just got a text earlier today uh about, you know, somebody interested in, in something for Roku or whatever. And I'm just like, I did that years ago, y'all sure. Okay.
0: That is amazing. It's just something you always tell me is like your job is to create. It's like and I feel like have you have you always felt that way? Because I feel like that's a new conversation we've been having. But have you always felt like it seems like you've honestly always felt like my job is to create?
2: Yeah, I think I've always felt like that. Um, I think just recently i've been able to have that as a mantra like i always felt in in my spirit like i should just be creating the things that i want to see i shouldn't be waiting for people i want to do this let's move on it like i want to do this let's move on it um but just recently i've started to say like after like obviously learning human design and like talking to you about human design and like Talking to every of all of my friends, they're probably tired of me talking about human design, but like learning right. the language for it, like, oh, yeah, this is my job. My job is to be creating, my job is to create and not try to um, control every little single piece of the outcome because I will never know the outcome of anything. But what I can control is now and what I do now, what I do today. You know what I mean? And so right. having those words and being able to say that to myself. Is a great reminder for me to just be like, "Girl, at this point, this is a, this is the script you want to write. You write the script. Get you, mm-hmm. that. Your job. your job is to finish the script, and then whatever happens after that is, Cat- is a blessing. Yeah. You gonna be ready for it. So I'm gonna stay ready. My job is to create and stay ready.
0: Oh, period. That's a. I hope somebody takes notes on that one because that is <laughs> a gem. Mm-hmm. So discipline. I feel like you are extremely disciplined. Have you always been? Is it something you had to learn?
1: Uh, I feel like...
0: Um, and what does that look like for you? Because I do feel like it looks different for everybody, but we just throw this term out there, like, be disciplined. But, like, what what does that look like for you?
2: Um, I think that discipline has always been something, like, I've always been disciplined. I think I've transitioned my why for, you know, why I'm disciplined. I think before it was because from an early age I was, like, created and probably unintentionally, right, but I was created into this, like, perfectionist little monster, you know? Like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, you know, getting good grades. I enjoyed, like, doing something and, you know, because I would, My dad for one is like I would come home and be like, I got all A's. My dad's like, as opposed to what? Like, what else were you supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, you know, I have been like that has been ingrained in me. So I'm like now wanting to be the best for the sake of perfectionism, right? And it wasn't until like I graduated college and I realized, like, no, like I wanna be the best for the sake of excellence. I think like perfectionism. Is like wanting or almost needing the validation and praise of other people, so that they know that you're really good. And I Mm -hmm. think like wanting to be excellent is like for yourself, Mm -hmm. and wanting that to be a part of your identity because like that's the type of person you want to be, and that's the type of uh, work you want to deliver. So I have always been disciplined, but now it's just a part of my personality because like I love my reputation is, is to. You know, do my best work. Like, I never want to be a person who's like half-assing anything. But now I don't care about validation. I don't care about like, you know, making sure I'm the best for the sake of like somebody saying she's the best. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be excellent because like that is what I want to exude as a person. And I mean, in all parts of life, I'm not trying to talk, I'm not just talking about career. I want to be as excellent as I can as a friend. I want to be as excellent as I can as a partner. I want to be. You know, I just want to do my best work. I want to do my best, be my best self. I just want that for myself. You know what I mean? So I love
0: it so. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm like really feeling inspired. I always feel inspired and encouraged when I talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have mentioned that you were you were trying to make it back to LA, and you have made it back to LA. You made it back to LA a few years ago, and you came back to LA with a deal with Aspire. Mm-hmm. Um eventually I don't know if it was when you got here or you already had it your deal with revolt mm-hmm. and and I feel like from the outside looking in like things look so amazing. And what other challenges were you facing? Like what was going on behind the scenes as you was transitioning to LA, you know, a place you had been trying to get to. Back to.
2: Yeah, I think that um kind of like what we were talking about before right cuz we we're always talking by the way everybody. Like we're always having these Always. <laughs> But, um, I think when I, when I got here to LA, I was on one hand, I was like super thriving creatively. Like, you know, everybody was like, oh, you made all these films. It's crazy. I'm like, yeah, I did. It was cool. Like, you know, I'm super excited. I'm proud of, proud of myself for, for doing these films, for, for getting it done, for having the screening, for having the deal. Um, but then I'm like, I'm reaching like creative success. Now I need to figure out how to reach financial success because being in LA is crazy Mm -hmm. as hell. Like Mm -hmm. it's different. And so like just I remember like 2019 was probably like my hardest year. I had like just had a breakup.
0: And you were in LA at the time, right?
2: Like before I came, like right before I came to LA. All that happened. Like just had a breakup, um, moved to LA. I had all these films, you know, and I'm trying to figure out okay, like now what am I gonna be doing? Because for money, because I don't want to do anything else but write like create for work. Like I want to be able to survive and live off of like my creativity. Right. Um and in Atlanta, I was like doing what I had to do to get, you know, get the stuff done. I took the little finesse, the job that I was finessing, you know what I mean? And then after that, I was doing hair in my grandma in the kitchen. And then after that, I was like working overnight randomly. Um, on Star, on the show Star, and like I did uh, 24, it was on oh, Fox. Like I remember those nights. Like I had learned, and I a skill I had just learned. Like she was like, "You can do it." I can teach you. I'm like, okay, and I learned it like in like three days, and I was like doing it. So I always had like something I was doing at the same time. But when I told, I promised myself, I'm like, no. When you get to LA, you need to be. You need to figure out how you can write for a living. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you need to do, but you need mm-hmm. to be that. We're not going to take no job. We're not going to be doing that. You building your company, you figure it out. And so like that first year, I'm like, shit, <laughs> what, how? Like, you know what I mean? Cause it's in my mind, I was like, damn, is it just being in a writer's room? Like, cause like, I need to figure that how to get in there. But I, I like getting the development deals and doing the licensing and being able to get hired to write for you know these these big production companies and things like that like that I didn't know that that was a thing like I thought only way writers could really get to the bag was like being in a writer's room so like not being in one I was like damn I'm never going to survive out here um, mm. this is like obviously 2019 um, but you know that was not true at all so yeah I, that was like one of the challenges I had to overcome you know
0: and again, you were intentional about it. And have you been able to create a living from writing? Like, would you say in the last few years? Yeah, I'm, this is all I'm doing. <laughs> what is that? Like, I'm just like, that is so crazy. Yeah. You knew it. It's like you knew it was going to happen, even though it was hard, but like, you, yeah. that's where you're at now. So, that was part one of my interview with Nakia Stevens isn't she brilliant i mean you can tell by her journey and by her intentions right that she is very serious about following her purpose and doing what she came here to do which is tell stories so to check out our next part of this interview just listen to the next podcast if you like this podcast if you like this interview you know what to do and if you haven't already subscribe rate and review you just might win some money one day okay So just go ahead and click that thing and make sure you know about all the interviews coming up on Creative Women Wanted.